My radio station. Your radio station. Our radio station. The Voice of the Cape. Education in Daba on the Voice of the Cape. 91.3 FM Stereo. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh yes, Welcome back to the airwaves of the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM and 95.8 in the Boland uh, Before I get into it, let's greet my co-presenter And that is Yasira Adonis Yasira, assalamu alaikum Wa alaikum salam, Ridwan uh, Yasira, normal question to our listeners How has your week been? Quite hectic, Ridwan Sorting out a lot of things before I leave for Zambia tomorrow, inshallah And then coming back and having to do um, Let's call it the tail end to the term, Ridwan Certain things that I need to complete So quite Tactic from my side. I hope yours was a bit better though. Yes, no, Alhamdulillah. Now, on education in Daba this evening, we're going to be looking at pure mathematics versus mathematical literacy. Well, on to pure maths, we are joined in studio by Mr. Riyad Najah, who is the principal at Spine Road High School. Mr. Najah, Assalamu alaikum. Mr. Najah, shukran for being in studio with us. Before we get into this thing, I just want to check something with you. I know um, there's been something in the newspaper about. Bird flu and stopping the racing pigeons and so on. The my squad, I can't flee me and but I'm not going No, no commentary when no. they're still flying. I, I think that <laughs> no, pregnant no, no, pause. I think, I think a lot of households were terribly upset uh, this weekend and the wives probably got the brunt of it but um, <laughs> um, uh, you know a bird in the end is worth two in the bush so true okay true, alhamdulillah true. Uh, well okay we are also joined in studio by uh, mr faik abrams uh, who is an ex-principal but currently teaching at weinberger high school and also a member of the ppa and that is the progressive principals association uh, let's just greet mr faik abrams very quickly assalamu alaikum wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa Barakatu, happy to join your show, uh, Ridwa. Shukran for being with us this evening. Now let's get straight into it quickly, Mr. Najah. As we said, you know, some of the, the issue that we've had over the last two weeks is the issue around our listeners saying to us, you know, what is the difference between pure mathematics and mathematical literacy? And then why is there this emphasis on uh, pure mathematics when you go to university and then thirdly also why are some schools I know that Spine Road is not one of them but why are the schools motivating that children actually take the maths lit route if it is a bit bayer, but let's yeah. see how we can start that no, inshallah well, shukran, Ridwan. I think this has been a, a, an important and controversial mm. um, subject for, for over the past few years I think um, a lot um, of the blame has to be placed at the door of the uh, education departments who are um, intent on um, raising the metric pass rates mm-hmm. and uh, learners who struggle with maths um, uh, you know uh, they are encouraged to do mathematical literacy um, we um, in the uh, teacher organizations and the principals organization to realize that our children in our townships Um, need mathematics in order to compete with the more affluent learners coming from uh, the affluent areas. So we should actually be encouraging our children to do mathematics if uh, they wish to improve the lot of the uh, community and of their families um, and also to enter the lucrative professions that has been the domain of the 
of the advantage for mm-hmm. too long. Okay, yes, here maybe we come in from your side. Uh, Shukran Ridwan, Mr. Najah, we had listeners, you know, sending messages, and and you know they were obviously opposing views. Some saying, look, mathlet is very practical. So if my child is going to do a practical um, occupation once they leave, matriculate will probably suffice. Others are saying, look, you disadvantaging my child. What can I do? Because the school insists that the child doesn't make the criteria for mathematics. Now, is this some kind of assessment at school, or how is this determined? Because parents of, are, you know, at some level being told that your child's not good enough to do math, doesn't have the IQ, nor the competence to do pure math, hence math lit would be a better option, where you can still access some kind of literacy, uh, math literacy, um, to a certain extent, and possibly still get into university, but that would then determine what occupations you can go in. Is this true? Is there an assessment, or is it beholden to the school where the child is at? Well, it is very, very difficult, you know. Um, uh to do mathematics, one um, uh, needs to have a love for, for, for maths, first of all, and that ne- needs to be created mm-hmm. by the teachers, mm-hmm. um, uh, not in high school, but already in primary mm-hmm. school. Um, I, I'm a firm believer that every child can do mathematics. Um, uh, we need to um, just uh, not make it so, uh, so difficult, first of all, make maths fun. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well, math literacy, there are um, uh, um, certain professions or areas of study that, uh, you know, you don't need mathematics. And if children feel that that is their route, then there's no problem mm. in doing math literacy. Um, but, you know, later in life, um, uh, you know, the children might change their minds and, and, and then they don't have the mathematics. Yeah. So I would encourage every child to do mathematics um, uh, and parents to encourage their children and especially schools and especially schools of the poor uh, that we encourage children and and, and make maths fun have intervention classes um, uh, get extra um, uh, assistance Um, it is very very crucial that our communities um, uh, embrace the importance of of maths well that the voice there of uh, mr riyad najah who is the principal uh, and the seasoned principal at that uh, at Spine Road High School and if you have just joined us we are talking about uh, the difference between pure mathematics and uh, that of mathematical literacy and as Mr. Najah said it starts at the primary school level now Mr. Najah obviously when kids go to high school I think it's either at grade 9 level when the child then has to choose a selective you know for his uh, FET phase mm. for example and what you are saying if I understand you correctly is you're motivating or mooting the point you know that children should be encouraged to do pure mathematics and not necessarily mathematical literacy. Yeah, well, initially, um, you know, at the start of the FET phase, um, uh, maths or math literacy is a compulsory subject. So um, I would encourage them to start off with the maths, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, we've uh, discovered that if the children do maths in grade 10 and 11, they do exceptionally well in math literacy in grade 12. So, um, uh, so it is would be best for schools to rather let the children do mathematics and if they struggle after grade 11 or they feel that they are not competent enough then do math literacy rather in grade 12 mm-hmm. um, uh, then your background uh, is, is so much wider and they do much much better we we've uh, seen that okay uh, yes sir shukran Ridwan. so if if we're looking at math and we're looking at math math lit you know all parents 
are schools obligated to inform parents around, you know, possible career choices or possible aspects? Or does it just come as a package? So you either take A and you take B. And, you know, there is all this talk around if you take pure math, then you can do accounts. If you don't do pure math, then you can't do accounting. Is that how the schools are structured nowadays? Yeah, well, I can only tell you what we, we are doing at Spine Road. At grade 9 level now, um, at the start of next term, on a Saturday, we'll invite all the parents of all the grade 9 learners, and we will have professionals there mm-hmm. um, speaking to them. We will also have all the um, uh, professions um, uh, and it will be attached to the to the subjects, okay. so that that they can um, uh, follow. And um, you know, it is extremely sad that schools have a limited uh, um, give their children limited choices mm. because of the limited amount of, of of human resources and teachers that we do have. And I think that um, inhibits schools um, uh, to to really expand their curriculum. And uh, unfortunately, it happens only at the schools of the poor and mm. at the more affluent schools where they you can afford the teachers, mm. uh, those children have uh, better chances of, of getting the subjects that they are strong at. Mm-hmm. Can I ask Mr. Najah, what is your view, because we've had you know, this, this, this debate or discussion, not around the differences between it as we're having this evening, but the issue around the qualifications of our mathematics teachers. Um, you know, some of our listeners, you know, expressed the view you know that even sometimes our maths teachers are not really either or qualified or equipped mm-hmm. to actually teach uh, the mathematics as a subject and this also obviously has an impact on on the learner yeah no the one i think you've uh, hit it on the nail there that is uh, is exactly what is happening especially in our primary schools where uh, teachers who themselves were, were were very bad at math at school mm-hmm. they are forced to, to to teach a subject so if you have a teacher who do not really have a love for the mm. subject, imparting that to the learners, you're obviously not going to get a good product. So these teachers, uh, um, uh, with due respects to them, are forced to, to teach mathematics at the primary school, and obviously their content knowledge is uh, found wanting, so the products will also suffer. We've seen that when the children do get to high school, mm. from certain particular schools we can then um, uh, see that the learners certain content uh, the content knowledge is is uh, is not up to to scratch um uh, and we then realize that it's obviously the teacher from that particular school mm-hmm. and this evening on education in Daba, we're looking at the issue of pure mathematics versus mathematical literacy a different perspective now there is an sms here from 8658 and it says my daughter is in grade nine at the moment and at her school the principal said that only if the child achieves 60 percent and above at the end of grade nine can you do pure mathematics in grade 10 can the school do that? Mr. Najad, let's get a comment from you. Yeah, with due respects to the school and the principal, they probably have their reasons, but um, uh, I feel that we need to encourage the children to do maths and uh, not discourage them. And I think 60% is setting the, the bar quite high. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we do have a bar for physical sciences, um, uh, you know, physical science and maths. But I think for maths, um, uh, if a child is, is, is wants to do maths, um, we mm. can sp- we speak to the parents and ask them to look, try and get extra assistance, but uh, we encourage them to do maths. So I think the parent needs to go and speak to the principal. 
and also inform the principal that they will take some form of responsibility of uh, extra tuition mm-hmm. to get the child up to up to the level that is required. Well, one of the things, Mr. Najad, that came through, I want to give you Asira also an opportunity very quickly before we break from Maghrib. You know, is the issue around people saying, what if my child does pure mathematics? And I hear what you're saying, the child might get good marks uh, because the child had done pure, pure maths in grade 10 and 11, but in 12 they do math literacy. The problem or the challenge is when the child applies to a higher educational institution, for example, University of Stellenbosch, your UCTs, your UWCs, uh, then they have a requirement. And how does that then, uh, if you are able to assist, how does that impact the child does mathematical literacy? Well, in certain departments and certain um, uh, subjects um, or uh, majors, uh, math literacy is allowed. So mm-hmm. I think in law um, uh, and um, uh, health sciences, health sciences um, uh, math literacy is, 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 is allowed. And so um, uh, there won't be a restriction on, 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 on uh, in those departments at university. But in all the other uh, departments, you know, you need to have and not only a passing maths, but uh, above mm. a 55, 60% pass mm. also. Because uh, the um, uh, there's an avalanche, especially in the in the commerce um, uh, area at universities, mm-hmm. especially UWC, for um, uh, learners who do BCom mm-hmm. accounts, and you need to get quite a high mark in maths to, to be. Uh, okay, yes, sir. No, I mean I think when we were speaking about you know subject choices, and when I go to university, my first choice, second choice, third to- choice, etc. That I was saying my first year at university, we have some subjects that we do together, and at that time in health sciences, pure math was a requirement. You couldn't get in without doing biology and pure math. It has obviously changed over the years, but by the time we reach the second semester, half that people are gone. They can't cope with the content that is being taught. And in health sciences, you do um, physics as well, so it becomes very complicated as the year goes on. Mm-hmm. And pure maths. I'm, I'm just thinking now to the to to the earlier message from one of our listeners. My question is: So let's say the child is in grade 11, and the pure maths mark isn't that good. Now, remember, uh, we said in grade 9, the child chooses his or her subject Correct. package and that you carry through for 10, 11 and 12. But let's say in grade 11, now the maths mark is not that good, if one wants to put it mm. that way. Can the school then say to a parent, okay, look here, uh, your child isn't doing too well in pure mathematics. We want you to consider moving the child over to mathematical literacy. Uh, can the school do that in the first instance, Mr. Najah? Well, as a recommendation, it, uh, a lot depends on the... Um, uh, the the uh, direction of study that the child wish to undertake mm-hmm. that is going to be the determining, determining. factor. Mm. Okay, so well, um, you know, I would just like to encourage our children to sit. You have to sit with math every day, every day. You know, um, uh, it's important. You will you will reap the rewards and the benefits. Uh, you know. Okay, maybe some quick advice before we break for Maghrib. You know, they are all getting ready for the mock examinations, particularly mathematics. Yeah. From yeah. the expert, very very quickly, <laughs> Mr. Najah, quick comment. Well, you know, you love, you breathe, you eat maths now, and I think you know parents need to. To really not feel sorry for their children <laughs> at this stage, and especially mummies for their sons, when, uh, they Ooh, need to be sitting at least uh, uh, five hours a day if they really want to do well. Honestly, Ridwan and daddies and their daughters, 
Well, it's the same thing. Yeah. But I think what Mr. Najah is saying is, as parents, we should not be feeling sorry for them, particularly at this stage in terms of you know their preparation for the mock examination, and then also obviously for the final exams coming up. And we certainly want to wish all our matriculants everything of the best, inshallah, inshallah all the strength, and uh, inshallah, you know, just try your best, and don't forget if you have Allah Subhanahu wa Taala on your side, um, anything is possible, inshallah. Now, my attention very quickly to the SMS line. There's one from four seven. Number three, it says, Assalamu alaikum. Shukran for this informative session. I think the principal of Spine Road has implemented a lot of good things that should be basic at other schools, like the career day they had, as well as what they're going to be doing with the grade nines again for subject choices for next year. At other schools, kids go so blindly into this, and it's actually a big decision that they are making. Uh, thank you. Uh, Mr. Principal of Spine Road, hope you rub off, off onto the other schools of all areas very soon where these things are concerned. Keep up the good work at your school and shukran to Ridwan and the Asira for the informative program as always. And that comes from Ashura in Salt River. Well, Ashura, very big shukran to you and for always uh, tuning into education in Daba. Another SMS from 0802 says, Assalamu alaikum. Why is it that tutoring is required to get mathematics marks up? Why is the teaching at schools not sufficient? Mr. Najam, maybe just a quick comment on, on the last SMS. Yes, no, I think, um, uh, you know, it is unfortunate that children, uh, that parents should uh, fork out so much money on tutoring. Um, uh, as we've discussed earlier, the problem is at in the foundation and intermediate phase at the primary school where the children have a backlog and uh, the manner in which uh, math is uh, imparted or carried over by the by the teachers and like we said the teachers who are not really uh, equipped and uh, qualified to teach uh, this important subject so when the child do get to high school the child already has a backlog mm -hmm. so obviously the teacher at the school do uh, cannot only concentrate on on, on, on that but those particular children who are struggling so it helps the child to to get a different perspective a different teacher a different environment um, uh, to get the maths up okay. but, but it, you know that doesn't alone help. The child must sit with the work also. Okay. No, for sure. Mr. Faik Abrams, you want to have a comment quickly? Yes, uh, shukran very much, Ridwan. I think another very important factor for tutors and the advantage of that is, and it is because of what's happening in the schools. In many schools, you sit with big classes, and I think Nasira can, can uh, testify to that. Average numbers now in classes, anything between 35 to 50. Mm -hmm. Now, if you are sitting with 40-plus learners in your class, and for maths, or maths literacy, whatever the case may be, it's very difficult for you as a teacher to give individual attention. And that's what the school and the teacher will say to the parents. Your role is trying to get another, uh, an, an additional support for the learner by getting a tutor at home after school or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. Well, shukran for that particular comment. Just to remind our listeners that you can participate in the program by sending us your questions or comment via the SMS line that's 47913, alternatively via WhatsApp on 072-238-0712. Now, Mr. Raja, earlier we spoke about, and I think you have also mentioned now in one of your responses, the issue around the qualifications of math teachers as well as you know the not their capability but the capacity really but one, one of the other things that's happening also is that our information is that schools i think it was last week friday received for example the staff establishments 
And with these staff establishments, I think on education in Daba, we spoke uh, about it, Yashira, if I recall, as well. How does this impact not only on mathematics, but really on the broader uh, educational perspective when it comes to the teachers and what Mr. Faik Abrams is mentioning, you know, the 40 to 50 learners per classroom. Yeah, no, uh, it, uh, it's looking very, very doomed. Uh, uh, I don't want to say we our schools are doomed, but if this is the the current uh, way in which um, uh, education is going, our teachers are going to struggle, our schools are going to struggle, and it only affects the schools of the poor. Um, uh, the schools uh, on the more leafy side of the suburbs, uh, they just increase the school fees and they appoint um, uh, t- extra governing body teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and this is a, a situation that needs to be arrested by all those who are interested in the education of the poor. Parents, teachers, principals, the unions all need to come on board and, uh, and say, look, so far, no further. We cannot allow our children to be disadvantaged. Um, uh, further so uh, it will have a major impact most schools have lost teachers um, uh, even schools who, who have increased in enrollment they've lost teachers so this is a very very sad state of affairs the model that is being used is is unfair i don't know if anybody unst- understands the model um, uh, that's uh, being used to to calculate the amount of teachers that the school should have. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, yesterday the one, a very, very serious day. Okay, well, I believe it's called the Morkel model, for mm-hmm. example. But let's hear from Mr. Faik Abrams what Mr. Najjar is saying. Well, I can say, for example, I know that the basket of posts, uh, particularly in the Western Cape, that there has been an increase in the region of about 374 posts. Yet Mr. Najjar is saying, you know, that quite a number of our schools are losing posts. Maybe just your comment on that. Yeah, I think the, the question is, where, where did this all start? What is the motivation from uh, the Department of Education side? And I think this is my uh, uh, suspicion at this point, if I can put it that way, and that is it all boils down to finances. Mm-hmm. There is not enough money, whatever the budget is, to, to employ more teachers. In fact, as we are sitting and talking here tonight, we cannot afford to reduce the education force in the Western Cape. And I'm talking about the Western Cape. And if to reduce it, it's going to have devastating effects because we're going to sit with bigger classes. Uh, I've heard principals said that uh, they need to, to look at learners about 40 plus up to 50 in a class, and that is not conducive for quality education. Um, uh, uh, we've been chatting about this, and one of the points that somebody raised is that if if we can't and we don't have the money to employ extra teachers or governing body posts, we need to maybe turn to those retired teachers at home and say, listen, yeah, we need maybe an hour, hour and a half or two hours a day of your time to come into schools and to come support those learners and specifically those learners that need support with mathematics Mm -hmm. because we need to create the environment for those and support for those learners because we need those learners in the working force. Mm -hmm. If we don't do that, those learners will just fall off the bus and sadly so. We need to play that role to, to give that bit of support. This is on the issue of finances. I want to ask Yasira quickly. I keep forgetting this word and say, Yasira, what is that word uh, that we spoke of when it comes to you know the money? We know that 15,000 learners have come into the Western Cape, for example, 
And, uh, you know, although there's been an increase in the number of posts, it doesn't still match the number of learners uh, that we're getting into the province. National Equitable Share, one. Okay. It's called the National Equitable Share, yes. And what we're saying is, I think, that as far as the National Equitable Share is concerned, that a portion of the money, for example, has to come to this particular province. What we're saying is the money must follow the learners. It's like, for example, where a school uh, has excess educators and we're moving kids from one school to another, then we're saying the teacher must move with those learners. So what we're saying, in terms of my understanding, is that the, in terms of the equitable share, that the money must follow the learners. Mr. Najah, uh, from your side. Yes, no, I think, look, Ridwan, uh, that is a political um, uh, fight you know, between the province and the national government. Mm -hmm. But at, at the same time, our children are and our schools are suffering. There is a solution. And I know this might uh, be very revolutionary, but I feel that in the Western Cape, where there are schools who can afford more than 15 um, uh, governing body posts, they should uh, give off one of their um, uh, posts that they get from the WCD to a poorer school and that would also uh, allow them to, to share. Look, they, their positions have been entrenched as a result of the apartheid legacy mm -hmm. and um, uh, their uh, schools, their grounds, their, um, uh, all their resources, um, uh, they did not get during this present regime that was there already. So in order to level the playing fields, something drastic needs to be done. And whilst the fight between the national and provincial government goes ahead in getting um, that uh, amount of budget, uh, to, following the learners, the 15,000 a year that comes in, we know we need 2,000 extra teachers mm -hmm. for those 15,000 15, learners. But we cannot allow schools to to f slide further down. Um, uh, so we need to have an immediate uh, solution, and that could be a solution and, and, and if we look at the post that is afforded to the more affluent school. Mm -hmm. uh, Mr. Abrams, any comment from your side? Well, um, I'm, I'm more, you know, looking at from, from a financial or practical perspective at this point. And, um, but what Mr. Najjar just mentioned is, is something totally new. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I, I think I, he I, used the word as radical. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> nobody thought about that. Um, and yes, it will have quite a bit of responses, uh, you know. But maybe, maybe that is an avenue that we can look at, you know. And, uh, but our poorest schools, sadly so, they're going to be at the back end of this whole thing uh, once again and our learners will suffer they will also, pay the price there's also this thing of the quintile system that yeah, also yeah. comes into play for example that I'm aware of well I'm asking you the listener or within an educator out there or principal of a school if you want to weigh into this particular comment you've got about 10 minutes or so left uh, our SMS line 47913 or our WhatsApp number 0722380712 Yasir uh, I'm not sure if you have any comment uh, around this particular issue at this stage um, Mr. Mr. Abrams, you go quickly. Uh, okay, I just want to add, I think a very important point, um, maybe a point of advice is that we as the schooling fraternity, we seriously need to engage the business sector. Uh, if you look at schools and the support from the business sector, it's, it's actually not there. Mm -hmm. And we need to find a way to engage them and say, listen, you guys, at this point, we need you, your support in terms of financial support to our schools. And uh, something that we should maybe seriously look uh, at in future. Yes, sir. <coughs> Shukran, Redwan. You know, I keep stressing and um, 
everybody who has had the opportunity to engage with me knows that I fight very strongly for specialized education and I honestly feel that every child has the right to education and the right to learn. Now currently what is happening Ridwan and we're looking specifically at all those learners coming in is that it creates an influx into the classroom as well as the influx on the teachers administrative work, the ability to cope with content, the ability to teach, we're looking at behavior problems, yet through all of this they're telling us that it's an inclusive education system every child has the right to learn it is a human right to have basic education in place yet we violate these rights when we're looking at classrooms where there are 40 to 50 children in a classroom and then on top of that we are told there is no more special schools going to be built why should special schools be built because we have an inclusive education system so in this aspect mm -hmm. and in this regard that we're going to have more than 30% to 50% of these learners in the primary school phase requiring support, requiring um, intervention and placement to a special school. So how do we justify that where we are the barrier to learning? Not the curriculum, not the institution, but the, the post-provisioning norms now become the biggest barrier to education and I think that's a huge concern, Ridwan. No, okay, shukran for that, Yasira. Just a quick comment uh, to Mr. Abrams, you know, maybe it's a, it's a debate that we must have on education in Daba at, at some stage, and that is when we speak of business coming on board, currently the Western Cape Education Amendment Bill seeks to introduce something called a collaboration school, which is business-driven. Uh, and that, I think, uh, let's not, I'm going to chat about it now, but I think let's, let's just leave it there, but I think it's maybe something uh, that we should have a chat around. Just my attention very quickly, I'm going to ask Mr. Najawi, time is running out for a last comment, and then also Mr. Faik Abrams, or maybe I'll start with Mr. Faik Abrams, and then to Mr. Najah. But an SMS here says, Salaamu Alaikum, Mr. Najah, and also a Progressive Principles Association. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you with long life, I mean, shukran for your valuable contribution. May Allah Almighty bless you infinitely. I mean, Ya Rab. Well, shukran Jazeera to our listeners for their participation and comments to the program this evening. Uh, Mr. Faik Abrams, a very quick comment from your side and maybe also what you think the PPA should be doing or could be doing in this regard. Well, you're hitting it right on the head. Uh, PPA, at this point, we engage one another. Uh, we started off in 2011. Uh, we've grown from 10 schools to 50 and currently we've got 150 school members throughout the Western Cape right down to Mossel Bay George and we're also extending now to the Eastern Province to Port Elizabeth. We had an invite from those schools actually to come visit and we, me and Mr. Najah, we drove down to Port Elizabeth uh, to engage those schools. We are busy looking at the new concept where we want to launch uh, to business, uh, to businesses and said, adopt a school in your area. Mm -hmm. That is driven by the PPA currently. We're going out to, to businesses and, and each school needs to visit their businesses in the area and say, listen here, adopt a school. And I think that is definitely a way forward for our schools to maybe minimize the impact of what is lying ahead for us because uh, uh, Nasira uh, said it very beautifully. 
uh, ons het die education vir ons kinders, maar ek wil die woord gebruik as a afgewaarde education. Why? Because we're sitting with 40, 50 learners in our classes. We can't give the quality that we want to give to okay, our Okay, I'm going to give the last few comments to Mr. Najab because we have to break now. But to remind myself and the listeners that the views expressed on the program does not necessarily reflect the views of the voice of the Cape East management or the staff. Yes, Mr. Now, maybe just in summing up, Ridwan, first of all, to you, Nasira, shukran for um, uh, having this wonderful program and raising the current issues in education. Um, uh, I, I think, you know, we have started with the collaboration of uh, between the unions and the principals. Um, uh, we are all fighting the same fight, the mm. fight to improve the quality of education for our poor children. Um, uh, we cannot let this continue any longer. We need to work together, all stakeholders, all those that um, uh, fought for uh, uh, free and quality education for all. We need to not sit in, in, in the back benches and uh, comment o- uh, only. Um, uh, there is also other solutions, you know, like Mr. Brian Isaacs mentioned about uh, uh, a compulsory education tax. These things all need to be um, looked into to ensure that our children, that all children in this wonderful country of ours get an equal opportunity. Okay, shukran for that. Mr. Abrams, 20 seconds. 20 seconds. Mm. Major fundraising event is coming up, okay. and it is in the form of the Golf Day. It will take place on Thursday, the 5th of October, at the Roundabout uh, Golf Course. We're appealing to the business fraternity to come on board and buy into us and support our Golf Day so that we can give back. Okay, to now the how poor. do they contact the PPA? Contact number, myself, Ike Abrams, 082-423-4848. Is that number again? 082-423-4848. Shukran very much. Well, shukran. That is Mr. Ike Abrams and Mr. Riyad Najashuk. My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, the voice of the Cape. Education in Daba on the voice of the Cape. 91.3 FM Stereo.